Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. We'll also inform you of the latest updates, policies, practices, and procedures, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or a seasoned vet, we are here to help. Thanks for joining us today. I'm the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, Mike Thomas, here to give you all the news in the district. So, in case you missed it, the latest blog post went out and it is all about Unified's Classroom's communication tool. Now, I know what you might be thinking. It's got a communication tool? As in, I can talk to my parents? Yes. It has a way for you to talk with your parents, talk with your students, and to even communicate class messages out at one time. So right now, I know tools that people are using in the district, like Remind and Class Dojo, are not necessarily needed to communicate with parents. Why this is awesome? It's because parents can have the PowerSchool app for parents, which allows them not only to see grades and their students' work and things that they are doing in their classroom if you're using Unified Classroom, it also has a way for you to direct message them without using your phone number. And what's even better about this is, unlike some of those other tools, if parents don't go out to the tool and look at their messages, they get an email within 24 to 48 hours of that message being posted. There is a guarantee that that message will get through. So it's really cool. You no longer have to just do long emails. You don't have to sign up and sign your students up for Class Dojo or Remind if you don't want to because it's built right into the system. One of the things with Unified Classroom is that we wanted to take and simplify your day. And this is a tool that can simplify your day. Communication tool is pretty awesome. Go check out the blog post. There's even directions out there on how you can send a message to a parent. In case you missed it, there's been a few announcements out on the OITA's announcements. One of them is all about what is happening on October 12th. October 12th, we are enabling which means turning on PowerSchool's Unified Classroom, which is our new learning management system replacing Brightspace. This is a great tool. The nice thing is you don't have to get used to it right away. We still have Brightspace for the entire year, but there is a couple of changes that will happen afterwards at five o'clock. You'll see a different view when you initially log into PowerTeacher, which is going to be the Unified Classroom dashboard. For taking attendance or managing the gradebook, it's not really much of a change, and there are screenshots and directions on what to expect on Monday. I encourage you to go out there and look at that article. There was also another message that we sent out which talked about the purpose with Unified Classroom coming, the differences and purposes of Microsoft Teams and Unified Classroom. And so we kind of lay out how Unified Classroom is really the best tool for having a classroom and an online classroom. There's a lot of tools which blows Teams out of the water with what it can do. Microsoft Teams is great for collaboration for PLCs, 
school pages, pages for cross-school district teams. So if you wanted to get together with fifth grade teachers across the district, or if you wanted to get all the biology teachers across the district together, this is the tool for that. And also, it's also the tool for extracurricular activities. So if you have like a chess club or a gaming club, Microsoft Teams is a tool you want to use. It has the discussion feature. It has the simple things that you need to do where you're not creating a course. You're not creating a website. You're not creating more than what you need. In case you missed it, We Learn Wednesdays is back tomorrow. And with that, we have some exciting sessions for you. That's it for this week's In Case You Missed It. Coming up next, Mike Zisti Minute. One of the great, amazing things about conferences like ISTE is that they have these amazing keynote speakers who are truly inspiring and are doing some amazing things in the classroom. You're going to hear a little clip from one today that is Rabbi Michael Cohen, also known as the Tech Rabbi. He's an entrepreneur and creativity instigator turned educator. He helps schools leverage creative thinking, collaboration, and technology as methods to empower our youth to take on challenges, scale their passions, and be positive contributors to our global society. So he was one of our main keynote speakers at ISTE, and there's just so much awesomeness that he talked about and all the things that he is doing in the classroom. So I'm just going to give you a couple of the highlights of the talk that he gave and then just a couple of things that really stood out in my mind as I was listening to him. So take a listen to the Tech Rabbi. This is from ISTE 2018. Innovation is not achieved by knowledge and skill alone. It's through having belief in yourself, belief in others, and a belief in something bigger than us. We need to give our students the courage to believe that they can create incredible things in the world. So to do this, we need to give them the space and ourselves as well. Sometimes we forget ourselves, right? It's all about the students. What about us? The space to experiment, the opportunities to take risk, and to leverage that knowledge and those skills to do something about those light bulb moments. Edison was not trying to invent the light bulb. He was trying to invent the ability for the world to see in the dark. So what abilities are we helping our students develop? How are we helping our students find their sweet spot in the work that they do? Where it's not just about the money, but it's about what we love to do and what the world needs. For some, education is a career. But I know that everyone in this room right now, it is a calling. It is something that we do because we love it, and it's something that we do because we know that we make a difference. So how can we help our students hit this sweet spot and how can we strengthen our own sweet spot as well? So I wanted to share a couple things about the world of design. We're all educators, but we are also all designers. We design every day. Lessons and learning experiences, our classrooms, so much of our practice is engaging in design processes. Because what's design all about? There's a problem, there's a challenge, and we need to fix it. Sounds familiar? Each and every one of us has this capacity, and many of us do it every day without even realizing it, but it's there. And I believe that every educator is a designer for someone, including ourselves. 
So as you heard, he's really passionate about all the things he's doing in the classroom with students. The fact that he traveled around to kind of help hone in on what he wanted to do. And at his school where he is working, he is doing some really great things where he's got a student-driven entrepreneurial studio. And so he also works on educating education by design, which is super awesome. A few of the things that I really, really love that he was talking about is how a lot of times we don't think of ourselves as designers. As an educator, a lot, of, a lot of times we are presenting information. We are trying to get students to learn and grow and think creatively. But what we fail to remember sometimes is how every educator is a designer for someone. What we are doing, we are designing it for the group in front of us. If it was so easy that all we had to do was put together a list of things like, here you go, this is what you need to know, we're not really helping our students. We're just giving them information. Changing our minds and our mindset to thinking about us as designers, which is really great because I know for me, design is not a great skill of mine when I think about it in the traditional sense. But as a teacher and someone who is now teaching adults, I really have to think about and plan and be creative in the way that I am designing what I'm trying to get across to you so that you can learn. Another thing that he talks about is creativity is a mindset, not an art set. A lot of times think of creative things. I think of, oh, people who can draw and paint. But the reality is, if you're coming up with a solution to a problem that is not straightforward and you're being creative about it, you're creative. That's where it comes into this whole mindset thing is like no longer are we bound and constricted to thinking that creativity comes during art time, but creativity in reading and in math and science and social studies and all of our main subjects that we spend so much time on. There is a way to be creative within that whether that's showing what we know or using what we learned to solve a larger problem. One of the things I know you didn't hear it in the video or in the audio that I played, but if you go out and you watch the recording on the Tech Rabbi's website, he has the whole talk there, the video part of it, not just the audio. He actually shows a video of his students talking and one of his students in his creativity and trying to figure out a way to serve people and to solve a problem, he is working on creating an app for those who use Snap to better use the resources they're given so that they are able to think about their month at a time as the way he was putting it, which is amazing. Kid can't be more than 15, 16 years old and he's thinking about how to create an app to help people who are less fortunate. And then the final thing, and again, you didn't necessarily hear this in the quote, but he does talk about it in his talk, is failure. We are going to fail. There are days when our lessons, they land with a thud, but failure is important. If you break it down, failure is the first attempt in learning unless reflection exists. If we fail, we don't get to the reflection part. That's why failure is important. And so those are just some of the things I wanted to leave you with today from the tech rabbi. He is amazing. He's doing amazing things. I highly suggest going out to his website, thetechrabbi.com. You can learn all about it there. You can hear the whole entire ISTE talk there too. Coming up next is our interview of the week. For this week's interview of the week, I interviewed Brian Dutko of Washington Elementary School. 
Brian is currently serving as the math ILS over there, but prior to, as in last year, he was the English teacher over at Dryden Elementary School. As a fifth grade teacher, he also served as a tech coordinator. We got to talk into a lot about the things he's done with students and things he's doing with his staff now, so I want you to go ahead and take a listen, and we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, thank you. My name is Brian Ducko. I'm the math ILS at Washington Elementary School. Before you became an ILS, because a lot of times ILSs don't just start in the district, where did you start? How Give us some of your background of teaching. So I started in 2006 um, at Herena Elementary School, and I taught there for 11 years. I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade there. Um, and then last year, I taught fifth grade at Dryden Elementary School. So in your time at Herena and Dryden, what kind of technology did you use in the classroom? Well, the first couple of years, we didn't have much. We had those old desktop computers, um, and we couldn't really do much on them. But at Herena, we were lucky enough to get computers pretty early on, I feel like, with the kids having the laptop cards. And the last, my last couple of years there, we really started incorporating that technology piece into our block. We used Brightspace a lot. I remember the first couple of years we used Brightspace, we did things like put a timer in there for the kids. So for like their independent reading, they could time themselves or we would use it to put links for places for them to go. The last few years, we've really used Microsoft Teams to have kids turn in assignments and um, post links for different programs or websites we use there. And then this last year, basically the, our whole block was really mostly on the computer. We did, um, we used Smart Notebook to post articles or stories or selections. And then we would use Teams to have them do short answers or assignments. We would use the links in Teams or Brightspace to do things like Padlets so that we could have. And then we had, I had two different fifth grade classrooms last year. So we would have them use the Padlets to talk to each other. So if we were both reading the same story or something, they could then communicate with the other class about their new learnings and things like that. And then, you know, just finding new programs to use last year. I think last year, the last two years really has had been a time that I really tried to go more to computer type stuff and less paper. Um, for example, we used Common Lit last year, which was a reading program that had a lot of nonfiction articles for third, fourth and fifth graders where you could assign guided reading questions or you could have them do the independent practice. And then it does all the data collection for you. So then you could kind of see what their strengths are and it's all connected to standards. Another thing we used last year was No Red Ink, which which really made grammar fun in my classroom. It was a, it's a very personalized grammar program where right when you sign on, it asks you what some of your favorite TV shows or movies are and things like that. And so then it gives the kids kind of, kids kind of a diagnostic test where then it places them, but it also builds sentences around their interests. So if they, if they said that, you know, SpongeBob was a favorite TV show of theirs, it would come up with questions having SpongeBob in the sentence and asking, you know, what the noun was or things like that. We used a lot of um, digital libraries too. We used Epic Books and uh, we had an account to Storia so our kids could could read a book from the library, from home, or they could go on the computer and read right on the computer there. And we would, again, you know, use those for small group readings and things like that. For math, we are we started using, you know, kids, they really liked Prodigy, which we would lose, use for a little extra time. Um, we're trying out a couple of new programs this year that, I'm that I've been working with some teachers setting up on. One program that we're trying right now is called Freckle, which has all subjects, but I'm trying to get them to use primarily for math, where 
the thing I like about it is it has different domains and different subject areas and it's all adaptive as well. So it goes right with that personalized learning model. Kids can sign in. You can assign things to kids specifically. So for example, in the fifth grade classroom I'm working in, we just assigned some base 10 assignments for the kids to do on there. Um, and it's a, it's a kind of a game-based learning where it gives them coins and they can buy avatars and little things like that and change stuff. And then they can do fluency practice on there. And, um, but it also has, we have some kids for kids that are, you know, higher achieving or, or finisher work quicker. It has adaptive practice. So if a kid finishes all his work and he wants to do something in geometry, he can go into the geometry domain for math and then it'll give them a little placement test, see what their strengths are, see where they can grow and then kind of build the, the programs for them there. And uh, so that's one thing we're trying to use for fluency. Last year here, they use they use the Mad Minute for fluency. And a lot of teachers were complaining that, you know, it's for a three minute activity. It's it's taking too much time to grade, um, a lot of time to go over. The kids didn't really like it. And they also felt that sometimes, you know, most of the kids were doing the same thing. So there's some kids that are working on, you know, multiples of seven that had to memorize. There were some kids that were working on multiples of seven that didn't know how to multiply the seven, you know, so they, so they weren't finding ways to meet their needs. They were just kind of doing it. So we're trying a program called extra math this year for fluency, which again, it'll give the kids a little bit of a diagnostic and then it'll build fluency around them. And it's, um, I, I like it because it if they answer the question within three seconds, it means they're fluent. But if they can, but it also if they answer within ten seconds, it'll say that they're you know partially. It'll give partial credit for it. If they don't get it after a certain time period, it'll give them the answer so that they can move on to the next question. And then it'll give you a a weekly report of where they are, what type of help, and then it also will have like some suggestions of lessons so that you can so that you can meet them where they are and try to help them build that fluency piece. The other thing I like about it is that it has a parent piece to it too. Um, so it's completely free. It's a nonprofit organization. It's completely free. And there's like, there's no school edition because a lot of these programs have the school editions that you have to pay for that mm -hmm. unlocks these extra features, but this is completely free. And so there's the pay, they can practice it at home with their parents. Um, and, it, and if they sign up with their email, it'll send them a similar report that it sends to the teacher every week. So then the parents can keep up with how their kids are doing with fluency. Wow, sounds like you guys have a lot of things going on right now. Yeah. In thinking about what we went through with August PD, you seem to have touched on some of these. How, with personalized learning and with the students and with these adaptive models, and I know iReady does some of the same things, how is that different than what you could have done a few years ago before all these programs and stuff? Like, how would you have done that then? It would have been harder. I mean, be, the, the nice thing is that, you know, using all these tools, it, it does all the, you know, it grades everything for us. It gives us the data for us. So, I mean, years ago, we would have had to go on and print out 10 different Mad Minute sheets and then grade each kid and then figure out where they where they are and then, you know, organize it that way, which is was very, very time consuming. So I think doing this stuff years ago would have, would have added a lot more time to people's plate and, you know, would have made your Sundays even busier than what it is right now. Because even with, um, you know, something great about all these programs coming out is that they're, they're starting to tag standards to them. Whereas a few years ago, they might not have had a standards thing, but now they're, they're tagging and they actually, most of them will have the Massachusetts frameworks too. They have the Common Core and the Massachusetts. A lot of these programs were tagging standards too. So, um, and one thing I used last year is I would 
tag standards when, when we did questions, we used um, Edge Elastic a lot last year for like formative assessments and we would tag the standards to it. And then when parents would come in, we would show them, you know, mm-hmm. this is this is where their strengths are. This is where they can grow. And, you know, the data doesn't lie. So so they really couldn't say, you know, they couldn't disagree because it's right here and, and this is what we're showing. So but again, I mean, I think years ago we were we were looking at that one size fits all whole group. What's good for one is good for all. But now with the whole with all this stuff, the personalized learning, we can really meet kids where they are and try to get them to to that mastery of those standards i think we're with this with the push of all this we learn and all these new things we can still expose them to the grade level content but meet them where they are but the end goal is still to get them to master those standards and stuff last year you were a fifth grade teacher this year you're an ils what has been one of the biggest jumps with in regards to using technology with students and with adults yeah so i the the, the biggest difference is I'm very comfortable with technology, and so last year I would, you know, find something new and try it and go with it and, and teach the kids how to do it, and and we would do it. And so this year, I think a big difference is is getting those teachers on board with some of these ideas. There's the level of tech, the level of comfort with technology in the building, ranges from you know very skilled to 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 you know lacking. Of. We still have some teachers that are still using Internet Explorer or haven't necessarily updated their Windows yet or are still not comfortable with the OneDrive. So so trying to work with teachers to see where they're where they are. I mean, same, you know, we're trying to meet the kids where they are with with personalized learning. So we're trying to meet the teachers where they are with technology. So we have a couple of teachers that, you know, are a little bit stronger and are willing to do more things. And then some teachers that are aren't as aren't don't feel that they have those strengths, but they're still trying some things out. So we have a couple of teachers that are, you know, they use Microsoft Forms to to do a survey to get to know their kids or they're trying to set up teams with their kids and stuff like that. So, but the staff has been very receptive and, you know, we, we've tried to lay out that, you know, I think we took one of your lines that it might be a little bit of pain for a week or two, but in the, in the end, it's going to be a lot easier. You know, it's going to, it's going to take time to get this into place, but down the road, your life is going to be that much easier. And I think some of them are starting to see that. And, but I also think that because I've used a lot of these programs and I, I can, I can, I use them and I can show teachers how to use them that they're more willing to use them um, and learn about them and just pushing for that technology piece. I mean, just trying to get them to go out and do it and, and meeting them and making myself available to, to help them set those things up. So I've been spent a lot of, a lot of this week and last week with helping teachers navigate certain programs or how to do certain things like that. So with teachers, since we've talked a lot about stuff that you're doing with students, what is one thing that's as an ILS you run PLCs? What is there any tech tools that you're using to help run your PLCs or? Yeah, so we actually created um, for August PD. We created a Microsoft Teams and we had the whole staff to it. Um, and then we're I'm creating. I created a PLC page as well. Mm-hmm. And when the um, the Highlander Institute that came in to teach us the personalized learning, they were doing all the Bitlies and stuff. So we actually me and um, my ELA ILS we had created the bitlies for august pd as well so when we did you know the day one and the day two we we created it on the bitly so that they could follow along with us but we put it right into the teams so that they could just open up the teams click on there and and find the stuff they needed we also had them do we also had them do the assignments there so the day one they had to make their their plan mm-hmm. so we, we put that into teams and so they were able to upload it so and the idea was that um we're showing them how to do something by modeling how to use it. And so hopefully then now they can go in the classroom and model for their students. And which actually has, I've, I've had, we have a handful of teachers that have already got their teams up and running. Um, 
and are doing similar things like that. Because we actually did, one thing we did was we sent a survey to the staff a week before PD week asking them to fill it out. And then we created a Kahoot based on them. And so for day two of PD, we played a Kahoot um, getting to know the staff, which they all enjoyed. And I, and, I, and I said that's something I did as a fifth grade teacher. We always did um, those students getting to know things on paper, which I still did on paper last year. And then we made a Kahoot for the kids. And we would actually go back and visit it a few times throughout the year because they mm-hmm. loved playing it. Um, and we would even have the two fifth grades, like we'd have the room 11 kids do the room 12 Kahoot because they all knew each other and they were friends and stuff. So we had them do that type of stuff. Um, and then just putting all the materials on the teams too that we use. So all of the all the resources that the district put out for those different types of personalized learning or differentiation, put all that in the files part of the teams and stuff. Um, and then for PLCs, we're going to do the same thing. I, I've created, um, for the PLC PH, I created for, for the math you know side of it, I created a formative assessment channel for different programs teachers can use for formative assessments i created a uh you know a number sense channel so that they can look at different number sense activities because one of our big focuses this year is getting the number talks up and running with kids um and then we did i did a fluency channel with just different ideas to do fluency and then um we did a personalized learning channel as well which just has a couple different programs for teachers to use for personalized learning a lot of teachers were already using things like prodigy um we use they do the i ready all the time and so just adding a couple of new things just to kind of change it up a little bit for them and then we are using we have a couple of trainings coming up for i ready this year to really use that data to to drive our instruction moving forward nice i know i ready has a lot of great lessons yeah. and all that stuff built into it too yeah so i was a big fan of i ready when i was teaching too, and i went so. and i was lucky enough to go through a couple i ready trainings last year that really showed us how to look at the data how to print out student reports and then even how for like the math side how to you know come up with small groups i was telling teachers here that it'll suggest you know other lessons for students to use that are already there so there's no extra planning if we're thinking about doing small groups the lessons are there it tells you what you need and how to do it and stuff like that and even for the ela side of the i ready we would use it for suggesting books for parents mm-hmm. we had a my co-teacher at dryden last year Anytime he had a parent come in for a conference, he would print out the parent report from iReady and he would go over the report with the parent and then let that t- let them take it home. And that report was great because it would tell them, you know, your student is able to do this and this is what we're working on. And then would give kind of suggestions of what to do like that. And uh, for the ELA, it would even send them a link. It would even send them to like Amazon to suggest some books and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we did really use those reports to look at things like that. Um, well, this has been a great time. I just have one more question. It's always the the big question. If you had the opportunity to stand in front of all the new hires when we hire in the district, they all get together for a week before PD week. Uh, if you had a chance to tell them anything, whether it be with technology or not, what advice would you offer? So we have a couple of new teachers here too this year that we've been you know talking with a lot. And so one thing I know is they get a lot of attention. So I, So we've been talking with them, you know, the attention is good. Don't feel overwhelmed. You'll get there. Start small. Don't try to do too many things at once. Really focus on those routines right now. We have a lot of teachers right now just trying to get their students used to that rotation of the center model. So mm-hmm. we're up in a second grade classroom today just really focusing on those routines and just being consistent. And and to lean on the veteran teachers. I mean, we have some great teams here where the teachers you know, on our first grade team are really helping out the new teachers because they've been here and, and they're being very supportive of each other. So just lean on those people and, 
and start small and don't be afraid to ask questions. I think I think sometimes when you're new, you can be a little bit timid and shy and, and, and afraid to ask for help or afraid to ask for questions. But I think it's important to ask for help and to ask for that stuff because that's what we're here for. I mean, especially someone, you know, in the position of like an ILS, that's what we're here for. We're here to support teachers, to coach them and to, to get them to become better educators. So. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. I know this is the first week of school and all, and it's been a very crazy week this week. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. loved about talking with Brian was that he had the ability to not be afraid if things didn't work. As we were talking about with the tech rabbi, he was not afraid of failure if things kind of blew up. Um, you see this when he's talking about how he's now able to better personalize instruction and differentiate learning in the classroom with using tools like Edulastic. And then for this past year, as in the last month of school year, he's been able to model with teachers how he wants to, how they can use technology with their students by using it with them in that way, which I think is really powerful because for those teachers who are tech adverse or tech nervous, I don't even know if that's a term, tech nervous, coining it now, tech nervous. So for those tech nervous teachers, by modeling for them how you can use the tool, they have now started to pull it into their classroom and use it themselves which I think is amazing. And props to those teachers over at Washington who are tech adverse and tech nervous and tech intimidated. I think that's a new one too, coined it, tech intimidated. For those teachers, mad props to you for going out and trying something new and taking that chance on the technology, knowing that it very well could not work out for you. And that's what's great about tech is that we have the ability with all the tools in the district to try new things, see if they work, see if they're effective, and if not, we let it go. We don't have to hold on to failing practices. If something's not working, we revamp it, we try again. If it's the tool or the thing, then we move on from it and move to a tool that does what we need to do. Washington, you guys are in excellent hands. As we wrap up for this week, I just want to remind you that there are many ways out there that you can listen to us. You don't have to listen to us on just the device you are now. We are available on any device anywhere through the Google Play Store, through the podcast app on your iPhone, to Stitcher, to Spotify, to iHeartRadio, to Spreaker, which is our host website, or you can even listen to it on the MySBS or Brightspace. Wherever you listen to us, give us some feedback. Give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. We're looking for five-star ratings because that's how you move up in the iTunes world is the more the five-star, the faster you move up. And we'd love to actually move on to the list. A lot of people give us verbal feedback and we love it and it's great. But go out there wherever you listen to us and give us feedback there too. 
If you're interested in being interviewed for the podcast, let us know. Send us an email at DLA support at springfieldpublicschools.com. I am always interested to go out and meet people and talk to those who we interview. I also want to let you know that you can also reach me at DLA support at Springfield Public Schools, or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Bearded Tech Ed Guy. I am always posting new stuff, and my favorite part of Fridays is the Friday quote of the week, so you should go out there and check it out. I'm actually using Adobe Spark for those who listened last week. It's a pretty awesome tool. It's great to check it out there. So again, I am at Bearded Tech Ed Guy. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find it on Facebook. With that in mind, I am Mike Thomas, and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour.